0: Welcome back to another Ag Watchers. another quick update on what's happening in in the marketplace. We thought it was about time we did a bit of a market update. The last one uh, we did was uh, received differently due to the uh, issues with Accent. So we thought we'd, we'd do a bit of a, a quick summary on what's happening. The big major drivers of the last little while. You know, as a lot of farmers are probably heading towards harvest and want something to listen to, they want to hear our dulcet tones as we talk about what is happening in the livestock, and grains and whatnot.
1: Hey, um, Watcher, we haven't um, we haven't done a sixth sense to each other.
0: Yeah, no, because it's sweet because you can't because it's it. That's like a that's just like a psychological test. You can't test but, yourself. Wait, shoot, but can you, I, you, I, you're trying, you're trying, like just take your top off, yeah, just now, yeah. <laughs> no but take your no, top off get your fingers mm-hmm. out yeah and mm-hmm. start and start tickling yourself you can't no, tickle I'm saying
1: yourself. That it, but if i could ask you one and then you could ask me one and see what the response is
0: nah can't be bothered
1: <laughs> you uh, don't want to be you don't to be divulged as some kind of psychopath
0: no i don't want people knowing the truth
1: yeah mm.
0: no it was but it was a good podcast yesterday with susan or the other day Mm. You know, that we, we caught her out, that she's a, <laughs> this, this is a fake meat fanatic uh, with, with, her, with her love of fake meat. <clears throat> but speaking of meat, what is happening in, uh, in that livestock space? I see the, the wiki. It's, it's completely crashed. 100 cents fall.
1: Mm, it's not, look, it's not uncommon to see some bigger swings in the Western Young Cattle Indicator than the eastern one just because the volumes are lower over there and so you yeah, you can get a peculiar week where a low number comes through and it distorts it a bit um, we saw a similar drop back in april it dropped nearly 200 cents um just because of you know small lines come through and they were um, not as good as what they probably could be type thing and it, all of a sudden the price gets adjusted um yeah that that drop i wouldn't be i wouldn't pay a huge amount of attention to a supply and demand the week, week movement Mm, something like that. So, but in, in cattle markets generally, they've been reasonably stable. The Eastern States cattle and coders, uh, the Eastern cattle, and cattle, and cattle I should say, is um, about that 10.68. So it's, uh, come off about 5 cents from last week. Uh, so quite a different move to what we saw in the West. Uh, but the big move's been uh, in livestock markets is just the continuation of the spring flush. So we're seeing trade lamb uh, down at around eight twenty cents or thereabouts, uh, Eastern States trade lamb which is obviously because we are starting to see some some numbers come forward, although Victoria continues to to show um, much lower than normal yarding levels. Um, So it'll be interesting to see when they start to appear. Um, We're still running about 20,000 head uh, below the average on that one. Um, The big news though this week was uh, export numbers for October. so we're still seeing some really strong demand for mutton out of North America, uh, something like 176% above the five year trend for this time in the year. So huge numbers. Um, and uh, so that's, that's positive for sheep producers. Uh, beef markets, um, South Korea continues to show pretty good kind of demand for our beef. Um, indeed, they're actually, they're not far away. They're about 95% uh, of their, um, trade trade tariff kind of threshold. So if uh, in, in the next uh, couple of weeks or so, we may be hitting uh, the tariff uh, threshold of the start. So, so that could mean that our um, our tariff goes up for the remainder of the year into South Korea, uh, which might take some of the shine off it towards the end of the year, but they've been really strong for beef. Japan, and,
0: Japan was really strong though, just before the Olympics, wasn't it?
1: It wasn't, but Japan, Japan's kind of eased again. In uh, October, we saw Japan come off uh, back kind of outside the normal range of what, you know, so they've kind of yeah, um, reduced a little bit after that Olympic uh, rush. Must have been MLA, mate. Must have had all these uh, barbecues on for the Olympics as our sponsor, of course. Um, and that's kind of washed through now. So um, Japan off a little bit. South Korea still pretty strong. Um, China's just chugging along with about, I think it's something like 15% under the trend. Um Look, I think with the beef side, all things considered, given our, how high our prices are, how low our supply is, um, you know, we're not faring too badly. But um, yeah, it, it, it could be it could be better. But we need to have the we need to have the animals to be able to produce the meat to send it across. And we're you know, we're obviously tired at the moment, and most of the focus is on domestic rather than what's going on internationally. Um,
0: what happened? With, what happened to Argentina? Is Argentina back in back in action or?
1: uh not yet no it's uh, i think they're suggesting it'll be won't be until the end you know, more towards the end of the year so maybe into november we could see if they're going to start to you know redirect uh flows back overseas but at the moment i think they've got a 50 percent limit on exports something like that until at least um you know towards the end of november i think that's what they're looking at
0: we also had Cap, cop cop 26 this week yeah that was a waste of time so, so I, I mean uh, to... that was that was uh, that was a, a a great meaningful worthwhile event.
1: Sorry, was I was, I I was trying to, to think it? of a di- diplomatic way to say that they got together for those couple of days. But that was what you
0: that was what what you call Glaswegian diplomacy.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> actually, I would um, be
0: using more swear words if it was.
1: That's probably true. And, and, if, and it a pint was, glass. Uh, if it was uh, Auntie Julie, it would have been much more. Much
0: more kind of. Uh, She's not from Glasgow, but anyway.
1: No, she, she doesn't swear.
0: My my family, are, you know, are, are very cultured people. We don't swear in our households
1: mm, I'm sure. Uh, but the COP the COP26 the the two what the two big things they got out of it was uh, a, a methane reduction kind of uh, goal, but not all the countries did. It. Yeah, some of the key ones aren't signing up to that, and uh, and defo- reducing or um, reversing deforestation, and then reforesting uh, some areas. Apparently, That were the two I big. I don't know. I yeah. think
0: the whole thing, though, that whole COP thing, it just seemed to be just a bit of a palaver, really. Like I thought it was a lot longer, but it's just all these. I don't mind the leaders so much going to it, and you know, presidents and prime ministers and kings and princes and whatever. But the, all these hangers-on, so to speak, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jeff Bezos, whoever else, it's sort of like, well, it just becomes like almost, to me, it seemed like the climate change equivalent of the VMAs or the Oscars, as opposed to an actual practical conference to create solutions.
1: Mm. Um, and if you, look at, if you look at something like greenhouse gas emissions of, of the main types, like say, the big one, and it's, it's about 74% of emissions are carbon based, and about 17% or thereabouts is methane based. Um, that's globally. Uh, and so let's not bother too much with the carbon side of it, and let's just focus on the smaller of the emissions, which is methane. <laughs> uh, you know, it's. Um, like, it seems,
0: yeah. like it seems odd. Like there's all this bloody palaver, like I mentioned on Susan's. The podcast we did it for about the, the vegan haggis and whatnot and we've got to go vegan and stop eating meat blah 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 because to save the environment. But obviously I, I just feel that like there's this big this big focus on, on on the amount of carbon emissions that come from agriculture. But I just think the one thing that nobody sort of thinks about is is the usefulness of emissions. In in, one, terms, in
1: terms of whether whether well well what? the the value
0: like if, if if one ton of carbon is emitted for food production that's mm-hmm. not the equivalent in my view as one ton of carbon on producing uh, widget spin- spinners or you mm-hmm. know i don't know something else something junk
1: so, so it should be it should be like a weighted emission so for, well, for should be items- well, should we,
0: should we weighted towards things essentials versus not essentials like how much carbon does it take if, if you were to take you and the kids to bali for
1: a week I wouldn't go, but too well, hot for me. But yeah, but that's i saying. But, yeah, the, but, honestly, but that, that, that's that one. Be, that's a,
0: that's a non, non essential carbon emission. Mm, correct. Whereas creating a ton of food is an essential carbon emission. So, but we seem to be focused on actually reducing the emissions from the essentials, but we don't really care too much about the non essentials. Like, how much junk do we make in China or whatnot that gets sent around the world, you know? And it's just almost disposable. Like you got to tip, yeah. And this is this is just me getting old and miserable. You, you <laughs> I, I, I'm going to tip tomorrow, yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and I've got. Get and like, collect some. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I'm
0: going to I'm going to collect some stuff. You know, oh, like uh, the. Fu- geez, the funny thing is, like, I'm going to tip tomorrow to tip off. I got a lot of stuff to tip off. But then you look, all my stuff is stuff that's either just just a lot of old rubbish, bits of pieces I can't use anymore. But then you look in the bins around there, and there's so much stuff that's just. It's just disposable old TVs that are probably less than four years old and whatnot else. And I'm getting like my dad. <laughs> where well, you keep fixing? You when, keep when fixing
1: I, stuff. Don't no, throw it away. I can fix that.
0: No, when I go to the tip, I'm just looking. I'm looking more at what I can take rather than what I'm giving. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, just, I, just think like there's just I, I'm, I'm turning into I'm turning into you actually. I'm turning into a bloody I' Turning into a greenie where I'm thinking, how much crap do we produce as a, as a world that we don't actually need? Like it's mm-hmm. just. No, I think
1: it's a, a very valid point. There's a lot of lot of kind of carbon. Like I bet I bet at
0: Christmas, yeah. Like remember remember Christmas? There was cabbage patch dolls. There was those stupid naked dolls with the. You're you're too on. young to
1: you're too young to. I was using a
0: pop doll. I was using a pop culture reference from your era. You know, I suppose if it was from your era, it would be I don't know those those. uh you know, those, those, uh, those, something wooden because it would be one of those wheels with a stick that you push along the, the road. <laughs> no, it's the tires, a, a, a penny, a penny farthing or something like that. But anyway, but, but, but the right is, there's going to, there'll be something this year. Yeah, I don't know what it is. There'll be some, you know, the, the, the must have Christmas thing, which probably won't arrive here anyway because of freight, but it's just a piece of junk that will get. Put in a landfill site sometime in the future. I just, I just think we need to sort of think. I am turning to hippie. I'm thinking more, <laughs> more, more about like less consumerism and more thinking of long term. Like R.M. Williams. I don't hmm. know if we spoke about this before, but R.M. Williams. No. Uh, well, we could see it, if they wanted
1: to be a sponsor. We both wear them.
0: But well, I, I, not anymore because I don't leave the house. We could but, do an ad for them. We I know oh, uh, Crocs. <laughs> Crocs.
1: You could get Crocs as a sponsor, and I'll get R.M. Williams as a sponsor. But you but know? the reality is. Uh, or are you looking for a, a shoe that's going to last you ten years or more? You yeah, buy one shoe and wear it for the rest of your life. Consider RM Williams. Well, that, that's my point.
0: Six hundred dollars for a pair of RM Williams. Pretty, mm. pretty expensive, yeah. Like it's like it's a good chunk. That's that's our yearly salary, <laughs> you know. And you know, so we can get one shoe each. But but the reality is that it's uh, they do last forever, or they mm. last for a good period of time, like at least mm. ten years. Yeah. Whereas I look back to when I was a teenager and stuff, I'd go and buy like pairs of sneakers and pairs of shoes that would last, you know, three or four months and then you'd bend them. And I'm thinking mm. there's so much wastage. So uh, much food. Co-
1: compared reason. to, you know, that's a good ratio is actually to look at the life cycle of our Williams to a croc. Like, cause your crocs, how long do they last You? They're, they're a bit more consumable, aren't they? Those, no, they, they,
0: they still last plenty of time they're pretty solid they made the, the worst thing is that the croc equivalent of a you know what, what do you call it a plugger when you when you lose you know on a thong on when you lose your uh
1: oh yeah yeah the bit through the center there when it, it goes through i don't know yeah, you,
0: you get the equivalent of that but it's with the backstrap
1: so then you i've seen I'm, I'm pretty sure i've seen one of yours where you've used a cable tie to put it yeah, back yeah, there I, there
0: like i said i'm not gonna throw away a good pair of fucking crocs just because they're broken you can fix them. Only thing is the cable tie actually starts to dig into your foot. Anyway, <laughs> I think we've gone that on a little That lot, was a massive, uh, uh, big. Was that was, was a, a massive, was big to, to, but, but the reality is uh, markets is what we're here to talk about. Mm. And, and, and COP COPs is a big thing that's going to impact markets. I just think we need to think about carbon emissions. I'm no climate denier or anything like that. I just think we've got to look at the value of producing food versus absolute waste. And I think we could probably reduce emissions by just getting rid of so much crap. Like you um, a new, mobile, disagree, a, new yeah. mo- a new mobile phone every two years oh no you've only got the iPhone 11 you must have the iPhone 11s or the iPhone 12 they're exactly the same
1: <laughs> you
0: know who cares get a Nokia fair <laughs> 10
1: like <laughs> I t- totally agree that that I'm gonna get
0: I'm gonna get 10 and I'm just gonna move out in the middle of nowhere and just live off the land anyway well, what we are here to talk about is markets, and we've talked about livestock markets. But the big news, probably this week again, is that fertilizer space mm, again and yet again, not, another, not China I,
1: this time, though. Not China, someone, some other,
0: another former communist country. Um, but the Russia has basically said that they're going to enact a tariff or not tariff I keep saying tariff, a quota right, uh, yep. on the amount of fertilizer that's going to be exported between December and May. The reality is it's not a huge impact. It's only probably a couple of hundred thousand tons less than what they would typically export. But it is a fact that that's another hundred, couple of hundred thousand tons taken off the, the the global sort of supply and demand sheet. And the big question is, like, will they extend it? Will they, will they go further? Look, the reason behind it is that they're looking to say, basically, let's... Uh, Let's hold stock within China, within Russia so that we can basically give it to our farmers first. Let's uh, let's depress prices so they'll be able to afford it. And uh, look, that's that is one thing, but look, it's just another
1: same outcome as the wheat one, isn't it? That you know, it just kind of gets the rest of the global market a bit spooked, doesn't it? Yeah,
0: well, it's just it just messes everything up. And but coming on to grains as well, like I guess harvest is is upon us largely. There's still some fairly big discounts when we look at pretty much all grains uh, you know our, our basis to Cbot is is quite low our barley price is still quite low and, and our canola price is still quite low compared to overseas futures like I think that's just just an element of harvest pressure look the reality is that when when we've got a big crop coming which it looks like it and um, we have going to have a period where the grower is the, the buyer is going to say, well, I know the grain's coming. I'm not going to rush out to buy it. I'm not going to pay more than I have to. There's no, there's no fear of missing out. It's not like mm. 2018 when, crikey, there was you know a big chunk of you know the country in drought. So we need to get hold of that grain because there's not much around. There is a surplus. And so there's no rush to get it. Look, I think to me, the big risk is rainfall now. The big yeah, too, risk. too much
1: rainfall coming into well
0: that impacting upon quality and, and whatnot that's that's the big risk that i sort of see in, in, the, in the coming weeks and look that's that will hopefully help with our, our protein premiums if you if you do have protein you'll be able to get hopefully get a, a better a better price and then that'll be
1: it you um you had a look at uh i'm pretty sure it was this week it, a bit of a time match as well just with regards to going back to that high fertilizer price globally and that's, yeah. that's kind of leaching into Australia as well with high prices here. But the risk of, you know, when you're, you're buying or you've bought your foot and, and then you've got... Look, the it's, it's,
0: it's I don't want to feel like we're talking about fertilizer all the time, but it just seems to be the most exciting thing at the moment. Mm. But, but the reality is that uh, we buy our fertilizer in January to March. We sell our grain in November, December. It's fair enough, yeah? That's just mm-hmm. what, what we're going to do. The issue is and we're not saying you should be forward selling because there's still big risks on that but you've got to be taking this into account you can't just assume that high fertilizer prices equates to high grain prices by the time we come to harvest mm. you know and we actually interesting enough we had a conversation with one of our fellow analysts at mercado all mm-hmm. the old nicholas booth the resident grains analyst who was <laughs> you know picking our brains to get a bit of advice mm. and uh, it was is that was, he, is that, he, that, when they
1: refer as a resident grain analyst is that means he lives there or
0: must be must be mm. uh but he basically was inquiring well if, if fertilizer prices are high there'll be rationing which will equate to you know higher prices because yields will be lower mm. but but the reality is the data doesn't actually necessarily show that it's not conclusive enough to say that just because you have high prices at the start of the year for fertilizer that you'll have high grain prices. And if we look at some of the previous years, some of the highest years of grain pricing, uh, uh, fertilizer pricing, you can see high prices in the early part of the year. And actually, by the time our harvest comes, we've got to get through the whole Northern hemisphere Mm. that we have low prices. So farmers just got to be aware of this. And and I think, you know, things like variable rate application, pulses, fallow, livestock, we just got to be thinking about it as being, you know, a high price environment, which equates to more risk on margin
1: like uh, like any kind of uh, I guess even a, a broader investment idea that if you've got the, the ability to have options and diversify and spread your risk um, that with a longer time frame that that gives you a better outcome generally.
0: I just think you got to be you've got to be looking at what your plans are for the year. Mm. And, and that could involve forward selling. it could be, involve hedging. It could involve, like I said, you know reducing your inputs because that's the reality is we don't know what the price will be come harvest for grains, mm. but we do know that the input price is going to be expensive at the start of the year when we need to pay for it. Uh, and and the other thing to consider is two fantastic years in a row in Australia. Mm. You know, what are the chances odds on we're, we're on Melbourne cup week odds are the most important thing this week. And what are the odds that we get, you know, another fantastic crop on a national level this year? probably limited mm-hmm. and that's where we my biggest concern is you put a you put a crop in you pay for expensive input so i'm talking glyphosate fertilizer fuel labor all going to be expensive mm-hmm. and then you don't have a crop because you don't have rain for argument's mm-hmm. sake or you already have a, a an average yield but you could also have lower grain prices because the world market could have recovered and anyone who says that there's a definite that next year is going to be high prices for grain there may well be high prices next year for grain. There may well be, but you know, on November the fifth, you cannot say that next November we'll have grain, high grain prices. Mm. If you do say that, you're just absolutely guessing. Mm. So, so anyway, that's 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 the crux of it, really. So, this podcast has been livestock moaning about COP and a bit of fair and grain,
1: and brought you across.
0: Your audio is just gone really dodgy there. But I think he said. And brought, and brought to you by, by Crocs, Crocs.
1: and Adam Williams. <laughs> and we, Williams. Yeah.
0: Have you ever needed something on your feet when you go outside? Well, have you considered Crocs? Mm. A word from our sponsor. Mm. Right off. We'll leave it there then. We've got a couple of guests. So.
1: We've got a couple of so. guests. We'll get a season to see.
0: Another um, one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, I cease and desist from from both Crocs and R. Williams to please stop marketing our product. It wasn't. I remember seeing there was some show in America where there was a there was like a clothing company, and the show was so unpopular, or the people in the show were, were so kind of ridiculous that that they actually got paid. or well, they got requested to stop wearing the product, you know, because because they didn't want to be associated with them. So they were paid not to wear it rather than getting it's paid to. It's, it's
0: a bit like when, when you've got a busker outside your office, you pay them $50 to go away for the day. <laughs> yeah. So.
1: yeah exactly. right up.
0: I'll see you when you got nothing on.
1: Uh, yeah, that's it. Ciao for now.